Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. You you probably don't have to wait to age 50 to get to where you want. And there's ways that we can get you there. (laughs) And if I, you know, I've learned those things about how you can make a quicker shift. My guest today is Gary Rush. Gary has been a business coach and neurostrategist since 2001. He has worked with over 1,200 business owners from around the world to remove the greatest chokehold on a business, and that is the business owner's mindset. Can I tell you, I had a blast during this conversation with Gary. Gary's the real deal. He has been in the trenches. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Gary, thank you so much for joining me on Coaching Call. How are you today? I am fantastic, and thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So we met at a really great event, and you know, I could just tell that you're the kind of person that loves to help people. And this is why I'm so happy to have you on my show. Oh, thank you. Because you, you make a difference. You know, for me, what is really intriguing is when I, I meet someone and they're amazing, right? And they've gone through all these different things in their life. But I, I like to get to know them from when they were young, when they were a little kid, um, who influenced you, all these different things. So. Why don't we start when you were a little kid? Where'd you grow up? Who influenced you when you were little? And then who influenced you along the way? So I grew up in the um, Washington, D.C. area. You know, it, it's an interesting part of my journey because the influences that I had early in life were not the most positive. In fact, they're probably contrary to everything that you teach, that, you know, you're constantly being influenced by limitations, what you can't do. Maybe you're not smart enough. And um, I found that very powerful later in my life because I've used it now as fuel. But yeah, it was an interesting, it was an interesting background for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I came from adversity. I mean, if I didn't have adversity in my life, I don't think I would be the person I am today. And, and likewise, I can tell. No question. So, no question. You know, and I learned so much from the people that, hurt me the most actually <laughs> yes absolutely it, it's the craziest thing when you think about it 
I mean, when it's happening, you're not, you don't understand why it's happening. But later on, when you reflect, right, it's that perspective. If you have the right attitude, if you can take the lessons from that, then it's, it's a whole different world. It is. And I love what you said. And I, I so support what you said. And I think the, um, the key that I would say is you have two directions to go because everyone has painful experiences in life. If you're living life, you have painful experiences is you can either go one to two ways. You could have that contaminate your thinking for the rest of your life and be on this downward trend. Or like what you've done is you take that experience and learn from it and grow from it and become stronger. <laughs> so it's, there's no choice. You got to go that way. Right, right. When, when you were a little guy, who, who would you say influenced you? You know, I'm just trying to think is uh, I, I want to give the positive answer is. Uh, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing. I, I think. I, I think early on is probably my father who, who didn't have the most optimistic view of the world mm. and felt the world will stack against you and felt that, you know, the rich get richer, the poor get poor, and that there was not a lot of opportunity and, and that type of thing. So growing up, I think that heavily influenced my thinking at the get-go without knowing anything. I didn't know anything about the world. So, yeah, when we have someone like that in our lives, um, we actually have to kind of make up our own minds of which way we want to head. Right. And I I can see you did that, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And we have choices. Everyone has choices of what they do with what they're given. Right. What would you say was that turning factor for you when you realized that? You actually had to do this a little bit on your own. Yeah, you know, it, um, I'm a first say, <laughs> I'm a slow learner. It took me a long time. You probably got there much quicker than I did. Is I will say, though, is it took me a long time to really make a transition from what my father taught. But what I would say is I think all of us in us, even if we're in that still negative mindset, there's a part of you that knows that you're more. Than, than what the mindset is telling you. And as a result, I constantly at, very, at a young age uh, got into personal development, read tons of books, went to seminars, but my mindset really didn't shift until, uh, gosh, like early 50s. <laughs> I mean, I'm the slow learner, uh, but then when it shifted, it was amazing. But, uh, but I, I still, that part of me, that warrior in me was always there and I knew it was there, mm. but it was fighting against the mindset. You know, it's interesting when you say you're a slow learner. I don't know if you can say that for real, because (laughs) if you think about the fact that you said you started doing self-development when you were younger, at a young age, it's almost like a great wine. It wasn't ready. You were not ready. (laughs) That's basically it, because when you were ready, you had all the tools, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a that's, lot a good, people, that's a great frame. That's a great frame. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't realize that it sometimes it takes time to achieve something of greatness. And like anything, there is struggle, right? When we want to achieve something great, sometimes there's struggle. Sometimes it's easier than 
you know, some people say oh, overnight success. No one is overnight success. Someone get it sooner than others, but there is that you have to study, you have to indulge that brain of ours, right? That and, and let it ferment, if you will. Oh, and I love that. And I will say, you know, I joke about being a slow learner and I will say it's been a benefit at this stage of my life because I struggled with you know, switching my identity, even though I was taking all this personal development. But when I made the switch, it's made me more passionate and mm. helping people because I so love my life now and where it's at. And so I'm like, you know, you probably don't have to wait to age 50 to get to where you want. And there's ways that we can get you there. <laughs> and if I, you know, and I've learned those things about how you can make a quicker shift. And but I, but in a lot of ways, it's been a blessing to me. Mm. And as far as I work with clients, because I it just makes me when I see them run that pattern, I'm like, wow, <laughs> you don't have to run to 50. <laughs> we could we could work something much quicker. Right. So you, you're into um, you you're a newer strategist, right? Mm-hmm. Explain to us what that means. You know, it was funny is um, I thought you were going to ask me this question because for the longest time, I just did it. I mean, without consciously being able to articulate what it is. And I will just give a, my best answer. It, um, it's a combination of some different practices that it incorporates some core disciplines of uh, some elements of NLP that I know a lot of people are familiar with. It has elements of um, a technology called Spiral Dynamics, which is a fa fascinating field. It has um, six human needs psychology incorporated into it, and even incorporates some of Milton Erickson's um, principles and using hypnotic suggestions and whatever. And so that, that's the base of it. But then when you're working with, it's, it's a cool technology because it, you, you, you learn how the brain works. And so as you're breaking a pattern, you know, the strength of that pattern and how to decrease the the amount of wiring of that pattern so it's easier to dissipate or and then when you're conditioning a new belief how to what questions to ask and how to ask questions that strengthen the wiring so the new pattern sticks and what i like about it it it's a very fast technology and and getting change with people I, and i i just totally love it i i, I constantly study it i'm crazy about it <laughs> It's addictive, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Especially when you see people go from, and that's, you can tell I'm a little passionate about it. When you see the transformation in people and they, they'll say things like, this is life-changing. And typically when you work with people, I see it is, it's both of us working together. And you've heard that thing that, you know, one plus one doesn't equal two, it's three. And I, I believe in that concept. And you're working with somebody that's really talented or whatever, but's underperforming and being able to see that shift in them and do amazing things. I mean, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's also the habits that we have, right? When we think about habits, um, interference, change, and action, to me, those four things definitely help someone understand where they are and where they can go, right? Because if you have good habits, then yeah, that's great. And can you even 
improve on those habits, right? Yeah. But it's the bad habits that are going to stop you from moving forward. And then when I talk about interference, we're talking about everything that you allow to enter your mind, right? Yes. All the, yes. All the negative messages, all the people, all the naysayers, all these different things. And then when we talk about changes, can you change your habits, right? And how easy is it to change a habit when they're so hard to, for some people to do that? People have a hard time quitting smoking, quitting drinking, losing weight. All these different things are from habits. And then, of course, taking action, right? So all these yeah. things for me tie together. And I, I think that's one of the, the most important things that, and you talked about the brain. It is the most incredible machine that we have. There's nothing like it. Yeah. It, yeah. And I laugh, though. And I, I'm curious to get your view because you've definitely done a lot in this work is I say a key in this work has to start with you. I mean, has to start, and, and I think you probably have this. I have this belief that I don't care what someone tells me, I know they can change. And because oftentimes my clients do their best to sell me on why they can't change. And the words they typically used is this habit or this belief is ingrained in me. I've had it for 10 years, 15 years or whatever. And I don't, I don't laugh at them, but I laugh inside. I go, we're going to get this belief like that. You know, it's like, it's just a pattern. And, um, and there's things that you can do. And that's, that's what I love. What I, there's things that you can do. And but the first thing is you have to get the person to, we're, we're, we're so conditioned to believe that habits take forever to change mm. or patterns have to change. And that's the first part is, of giving them some certainty that they can make that change quicker. And then there's things that you can do to interrupt those patterns or what you're calling interference. And so you can accelerate the change and get a really amazing result. But it, but it always starts with the, it starts with you first. You have to know that they can change. And after working with a lot of people, you know that they can change. Oh, yeah. You don't buy into their story. But, oh, <laughs> It's funny. I was uh, talking to someone the other day and talking about code, right? It's like writing a new code. It's like an yes. upgrade. It's an update. Yeah, I like that. Our, <laughs> our phones get updated all the time. Our computers get updated. Yeah, you can write a new code. Listen, stop living with the old code. It doesn't work anymore. You know, and, and we have to, and that's what I talk about change because whether we like it or not, there's change every day, right? Your hair yes. grows, your nails grow. Yeah. Your skin, you, you know, you, you go to sleep, there's going to be, you don't see it, but there's dead skin because your, yeah. your, your skin is growing. And people are like, my skin is growing. Yeah, your skin is growing too. You know, so when we think about change, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And, and yeah. people are so, I don't like change. Well, you have no control of that. <laughs> you live in a changing world. <laughs> you do, you do. Well, and, but the, the challenge too with like habits is I agree with you that the environment around you is constantly changing. And if you don't learn how to adapt to it, then you get left behind. But the, it's sort of like the paradox of habits is that people like certainty mm -hmm. and it meets their need for certainty. 
to keep the habit, even though they consciously aware that, let's say it's smoking or not following through with something in their work projects or whatever, it's sort of weird that they, they're aware that's not a bad behavior, but it meets their need for certainty. And they've known that habit for so long, they don't want to go into something that's not certain. Mm. And then there's some cool ways to get around that. But that's usually what I see stops people is that that need for certainty to keep things, you know, I, I can control this. Out of all this changing stuff in the world, I can control this. Right, right, right. But, you know, what? one of the other things that I find a lot of people have FOMO, fear of losing out, right, or missing out. And so I tell people, especially my clients, I say, well, how many minutes of your life are you willing to give up to continue doing what you're doing? Let's say you have a million minutes. If you continue with the actions you're taking today, you lost 100,000 minutes. Are you okay with that? I love that. You're like, well, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, we don't know how many minutes we have left, do we? We don't. And I think we get hypnotized or we go on automatic pilot through life. And so we have these disruptors in life like you that say, wait a minute. Let's turn the autopilot off. <laughs> yes. Just think about this. Here's what you're giving up. And you've got so many minutes left in life and, and you're wasting your minutes <laughs> when you could be doing this. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. When we, you know, it's funny because I used to tell people how many years, but when I broke it down to minutes, people were like, whoa, it's more real. It, it, it really hits home. Right. Yes. So talk to me about some of the the people who have influenced you with your learning with your because you went into a field of self-discovery right yes all the self-help all these different things who would you say are some of the influencers that have made a difference in your life yeah i would say this is i have like three and probably like you i've consistently trained it Every year I signed up for at least one major training, if not more. And unfortunately, in this field is there are a lot of people that really are not good at what they they're good at the marketing side of it. And you read the marketing and you go, oh, my God, that'd be phenomenal. And then you do the training and it's like, oh, that wasn't very useful or very helpful. But I've had had a couple primary people that not only was I amazed after I did the training is I saw them get results with, with people that are really difficult to get results with. Hmm. And it blew me away to see what they were able to do. So I would say um, for a long time, as I work with Tony Robbins, and he, I would say, is probably the world's best at what I call interventions. I've seen him work with people with multiple personalities that no one could do anything with. Hmm and turn them around. And he has some amazing strategies that make shifts in people under the most dire situations. There's a, there's a gentleman that Tony consults with, and his name is Steve Linder. And he, and he has a program on neurostrategies too, is a base and a master. And I've done that training because he keeps evolving uh, the technology. And he's another one. One, he's highly ethical is he does amazing things in the world. That's one of my criteria. Mm. And But he gets the results and he has a depth of knowledge and wisdom beyond anything I've seen. 
And then probably lesser, I, I, I work with a guy named Tom Stone, who is more into energy psychology, but there are certain tools that I learned from him that are incredibly powerful and easy to use that anyone can use. And I use them all the time as I work with people, but um, those, those are probably my primary three for sure. Did you work with them or did you go to their seminars or both? What was, what was your thing on that? I, um, for Tony is, yeah, I worked as a platinum partner, master coach for him for about 20 some years. So I'm a huge fan of his work. And back in the day is I used to work in San Diego where he was based and he used to come in and do some trainings with us. And it was a privilege to get to understand the depth and knowledge of what he had. And then uh, with Tom Stone is we worked on a project where we were working with veterans coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq that had PTSD. And I had the privilege to work with Tom and see his, his art and what he did and how he did it. And with Steve is I've never uh, worked with him, um, I've, but I have gone to, and also he offers a lot of free trainings and things, and I've been involved with him for, gosh, over 20 years now and done a lot, a lot of trainings and different things with him, for sure. So I know those three really well. You know what I, I enjoy about you is that you are still in the trenches, right? Yes, and absolutely. So many, you know, when you look at some of these people and, and you talked about, they market themselves well, but they spend most of their time marketing, not on developing themselves so that they can walk the talk, right? So yeah, I, I just recently had one of those experiences, too, that I went to a training. Recently, this guy, he he's a phenomenal marketer. He's been tremendously successful. And I went to one of his trainings and he titled himself as a, a mindset expert. And and in this event, he was working with a person that had a very traumatic thing happen. And I came out of that event. I was really pissed because he did more damage to this woman. Oh. And he didn't know he was not a very... He he just wasn't very skilled. He he read a couple books on on you know what's the old movie um, I can't remember it now, but it was Esther Hicks and a couple of The Secret. Oh, and right. he taken some of those principles, and I, I don't disagree with all those principles. Yet, as far as an intervention with somebody, they're too high level to get someone to shift. Mm-hmm. And you need more practical steps of understanding how the unconscious works. So he had the higher level piece, and but he didn't have the nuts and bolts of what it takes to make the shift. And but he's a great marketer. People go to his seminars. They're, I'm sure there's a value to it. It's just not the depth I think that you want. And that's why I said I love that about you because you're in the trenches. It doesn't matter to me if if I'm not learning every day my day is wasted. My day is wasted. So, and this is why I love connecting with people like yourself, because you are someone that I look up to and someone that I can attain knowledge from. And, and if I can share anything, of course I will. But to me is, I don't ever want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to be the lowest guy and learn from everyone who has so much knowledge. And there is still so much. I don't even know if anyone out there 
can attain all the knowledge there is. So this is for, for my reasoning of why we still have to be in the trenches. It doesn't matter. I'll be 150 years old. I'll still be trying to learn something. Well, you know, and I think it, it's why I think we connected because it's the part of you that I love. And I think it's the, the essential piece. That's the difference that makes the difference is you're open to be wrong and you're open for other input. Now, early in my career, I was an idiot and, and was not open. I thought I knew it all. And, but I've learned as I've gotten smarter over time and I read all the time and it's funny, I'm, I'm reading um, and I like to read from different disciplines because I can pull different things. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example is, and this is what I love about you is I'm reading a book by, I don't know if you're familiar with Ray Dalio. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. I'm not. Now I will. I'll just be, yeah. <laughs> okay. Real quick. Ray Dalio. He runs the largest hedge fund in the world by a wide margin. It's like 60 billion or whatever. And in 32 years, they only lost money two, two years. And, wow. and the, the two years they lost, it was like they lost like two or 3%. It's unheard of the results he gets. Mm. So he's like one of the richest men in the world. And he has a book called Principles. And I'd highly recommend reading that book. But he... He constantly, he says what's made him great is he realizes he's not the smartest man in the world. And he, he questions, well, how do I know that I'm right? And he says, you've got to take the time to listen to people and get other feedback. And he says, you have to have radical open-mindedness, radical transparency. And, and he, he has a system that he uses when they're deciding on whether to invest in a certain you know, stock or whatever is they have a system that they get everyone's input and they input it in a computer and they weigh it and whatever. But I love that approach. And I find for me, that's what's made me is to back up when I'm struggling with a client and get other people's input. It, but you, you've definitely got it. And that's why I think I, I, we connect so well together, for sure. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sorry for going on. It's a passionate part of what I, I believe is so critical. Yeah. You, you know, in, one of the reasons I started this, this show that I'm doing, that we're on now, is to connect with people. It, it really has, it's like this machine that runs itself. And I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to talking to people, to learning new things. And I love doing the show because I get to talk to amazing people like you. <laughs> and it is just so much fun. And I learn every time. And, you know, and to me, I am a sponge. And at the end of the day, I wring myself out so I can relearn tomorrow. <laughs> That's me. We're brothers. <laughs> yes, we're definitely brothers. So you've worked with over 1,200 companies. Or clients. 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 Companies. Well, and also, but by 1,200, probably small businesses. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. 1,200. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a lot of yeah. people you've helped. Yes. How do they find you? Well, that's an easy answer is because I've worked for Tony Robbins is what they do is they do all the marketing for you and they supply all the clients. Um, that was a great gig because I didn't have to go out and market. Mm. 
starting at the end of last year, I've left them. So now I'm now developing my uh, marketing skills. <laughs> so I can answer that question a year from now because <laughs> I'm still in the process of doing that. Because right. marketing is, is, is really the key to a successful business. It is. It is. It totally is. And you're doing your own marketing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for now. And I know you're going to be successful at it because if you're like me, you're driven, right? Yes. And you're like a mad scientist figuring it all out, right? That's that's how we have to work, right? Yeah. Well, and the other thing, it's, it's been fun in this way is, and I was thinking about this the other day, is right now I don't know the how. I, although I'm I'm doing a tremendous amount of reading on because I'm I'm marking probably most on LinkedIn, and prior to this I all I have is my LinkedIn profile and that's all I knew about LinkedIn. So now I'm digging in and figuring out how LinkedIn works. But even though right now I don't know the how, is what's more important is I know why, and I'm highly motivated. And every day. I imagine getting the type of client, and I, I'm very specific of types of clients I want to work with, and I imagine the thrill of having those clients, and that's what's driving me. That, like you said, I mean, as you have that, I will eventually figure out the how of it, but it's the drive of why you're doing it that's so key. Yeah. And, and I think the people, and I see with clients, they get stuck in the theory of how, and then they don't execute and implement because they don't know all the specifics, and typically you're not. Yeah, I find that the, the what and the why are very closely related. <laughs> yes, yes. Because the what is what you're going for, and the why is the purpose of why you're going yes. for it, right? So, yeah, I, I love LinkedIn. And, you know, when I started my podcast, I only had like 526 co connections. And within a year, I went to over 5,000. Oh, my God. Because I've got I, a thousand now, so I got some catching up. <laughs> I reached out to people. Yes. And I just reached out and I made connections and connections. And I, I, one of the other things that I'm not afraid of asking people if they want to be on my show. I'm not afraid of asking people for their advice. I'm not afraid of asking people, which may make me look dumb. And I'm okay with yes. that. Yes. I'm good at that. Yeah. <laughs> like I said. I'm okay. If you think I'm done, yes, please help me. <laughs> I, I, need, I, your, need, I need your advice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, no, you're very approachable. You're very. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. You're, you're a breath of fresh air in this field <laughs> because there's so that. many, you know, there's so many people that is, I think it works against them. They, it's a fine line. You have to have confidence that you can deliver a result. But you've got like like Ray Dalio, you have to be open to say you don't know it all and mm -hmm. and listen to other people and, and people have other insights that you don't have. And it's like, oh, well, I'm happy to steal those insights. <laughs> Not to do it all myself. Right, yeah. right. You know, one one yeah. of the things is yes, I want to follow someone who is doing it. And like you said, Tony Robbins, hello, he's doing it. Why shouldn't I follow him? Why shouldn't I listen to the words? And because he's proven yep. himself. It's not like, oh, I'm telling you because. No, there's proof behind it. And those are the kind of people that, you know, it's important for me to talk to those type of people. And when the pandemic hit, coaches came out. I call them coaches or roaches, right? <laughs> 
They came out of the woodwork. They came out of everywhere. And it was all about the money, not about yeah. let me, how can I help you? Yeah. Because if you can't help me, there is no. And, and you know, I've had even advertisers call me and, and they're like, I can do this for you. I'm like, okay, prove it. They're like, well, I can, I'm like, if I will pay you double if you can make the results. Yes. And they're like, no, you got to pay me first. I'm like, oh, so you can't stand behind your product. I got you. I understand. Pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks thank a lot. You very Have much. a great day. <laughs> when this pandemic started, besides you, me, and everyone else getting hit with a million emails, phone calls, all these different things, that's when I said, I need to create a podcast to talk to people who know what they're doing. Yeah. Who have proven results. Yeah. And that's why I started Coaching Call to bring people and to share with people the knowledge that really is out there because there's amazing coaches. And I've had the, the privilege of talking to all types of coaches, whether it's swimming coaches, martial arts coaches, yes. finance coaches, business coaches like yourself. But you, you don't just do business because you're helping someone understand who they are. Talk to us about that. Yeah, here's what I would say, and and like these 1,200 businesses, people I've worked with, is I'm a business coach and a strategist, and what I find is typically with business owners, they're more comfortable starting with the business aspect first, and to me, the business aspect is always the simpler piece. Mm -hmm. But once you develop a relationship with somebody and they trust you then the real issue comes out. And, and again, usually the greatest chokehold on a business is the business owner's psychology. Mm -hmm. And so once you've built that rapport with them and trust, then that's what I'll typically work because that's where I find the, the, their greatest gain is I'll see things in their psychology, whether it is their ego and not open to input from others that have valuable input or whatever it might be, and once you break that pattern, things open up for them. So I, again, I, I, so I'm sort of like the Trojan horse. Sometimes I, I will come in as the business person, but then work on the neurostrategy piece once I get to know them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's building that trust, right? It is. It is. Because especially for men, uh, maybe it's a generalization, but typically, you know, I think they have a certain meaning connecting to anything that deals with the mindset or psychology. And I think they imagine that you're going to get out your crystals and start chanting and doing whatever. I don't know what they imagine, but. Right. When we think about the mind, it is so complex and it's, it's the thoughts and everything that we focus on sometimes may be the wrong things. And I think from what I'm gathering, that's where you come in because they may want to fix the business. The fixing of the business will never truly happen unless they get their mind right. Yeah, because you're, you're right, because what happens is you can fix the business. I've done that early in my career. You can fix it, but it's not sustainable because the thing that keeps infecting it is the mindset and they go back to their mindset and then they you know, keep repeating the same patterns. So if you can fix the software, then the output's going to be much better for sure. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. it was it was Nissan, I, I, if I read correctly, that they were not being productive. So they fired 
the whole team. <laughs> right? Someone else came in and rehired the same exact team, but they worked on their mindset and they became very productive. Yep. And it was because of the way they were doing things. Yep. It's funny because I've done that. I, I fired someone. Yes. And but they were amazing. They were just not putting their full output in. So I said to them, look, I've given you this many warnings. I said, I, I think you're a great person, but I do. I, I know I have to let you go, but I just want to let you know there's an opening tomorrow morning for this particular position. <laughs> and if you think that you want to come and fill it, you have to go through the whole interview process. I said, because I am looking for this, this. It's basically, it was basically their job, which they stopped doing. So it was this, I love this. this I've this, never, I love this. this so creative. This. And I love it. When they came in, I said, you have to dress sharp. You have to be ready. You have to be, you know, bring your A game. I said, because I am looking for a specific person. Oh, I'm, I'm writing this one down. I'm going to use that with my business. Can I tell you what I did? No. I also gave him a raise. Oh my God, now this is... <laughs> because I said, this position is going, to cook, is going to be more money, but this position is on a temporary basis. We're going to find out. I'm going to give you three months. If you can perform in three months and you continue to perform in three months, then there you go. You will, I love it. You will, you will be an asset to what I've been looking for. Oh. And don't get me wrong. They were extremely upset. Extremely upset. Because I let them go. Because they didn't expect that. Yeah. But they were not delivering. Can I tell you? Yeah. I'm super happy with them. That is a phenomenal story. Yeah. I love it. Because now it woke them up. It did. And then you gave them a, you gave them a compelling vision of what to work towards. Mm -hmm. And so they're just not going through the motions anymore. Right. I love that. That's a great story. I'm going to use that. You go for it. You go for I it. Steal it. Yours <laughs> I love it. But, you know, it, it's, and, and, you know, I got the idea from that Nissan because they use the same exact people. Yeah. And they all lost their jobs. They didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't bring them back the next day like I did. But they reached out to all every employee that was fired and they say, we have an opportunity. We want you to come in, but you have to go through the training first. Yeah. And were they willing to come to, to the training? And, and the whole concept is, this is how you used to do your job. This is how you have to now do your job. Yeah. And when we can take someone and say, listen, we value you. We understand that you're not valuing what we have to offer. Yeah. And if you're willing to work with us, we're willing to work with you. Yeah. No, I, I really love that story. And, and I will say for me personally, it's the area that gives me the most pain is a lot of times um, there's times when I've worked with somebody that's in a situation like your employee that is at risk of losing their job or, you know, are their businesses failing? and as I, and I usually do a really in-depth in interview, so I get to know the person. Mm. So it's, it's usually never a mystery of what needs to happen to get them to where they need to be. The bigger issue is how hungry is that person to make the shift to get 
to keep the job or whatever the goal might be. And, and sometimes people are not ready. They're not hungry. And, but as a business owner, then you got to stay and set those boundaries and fire them. And maybe that firing uh, then instills the hunger that they now will do the work to make the shift because it's not a matter of the capability. It, to me, it's always the hunger. How hungry are they to make that shift? You know, it's uh, it's interesting when we think about making that shift. And you reminded me of a show. I think it was Bar Rescue. <laughs> and he would come in and it was a bar that was run down and everything. And he would, you know, invest in these people. And he would give them a new look. But it wasn't just the look. It was the training. So he retrained the employees. But the hardest people he had to change were the owners. <laughs> Big surprise there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So once he got them, once he got the owners to change, and they saw the potential that they've always had, then they can be successful. What they showed was a limited time. What I would like to see is a year later. Did they truly make that shift? Because yes. that's when you find out if someone truly made the difference in their lives. Yes, I agree. You know, because, yeah, that's why I, I think that Biggest Loser uh, TV show was successful. But the reality of it is, are those people still the same now? Did they lose all the weight? And have they kept it off in this whole time? Because if you think about it, if you take someone and you put them in a specific situation, almost like in, in a container where you're going to have a trainer there all day, a dietitian, uh, you know, somebody's cooking all their meals, telling them when to work out, telling them what to do all the time, and then you, then you let them go on their own, will they continue that? Yeah, they haven't made the internal shift. They haven't shifted their identity. Right. Well, and I, I love this because it's my frustration and like with all these coaches coming out, in fact, I almost don't like to refer to myself as a coach because there's so many bad ones out there. Yes. And it goes back to um, this training I did is there's some value in what he offered, but he it's very surface level mm -hmm. that he can get a change in the moment. And one of his core pieces of what he was teaching, and it's an old technology but he repackaged it and he, he has some, these repeat after me statements mm. and he'd have people saying during the training and whatever. And yes, I know that I'm valuable and I can achieve anything I want to achieve. Yes, I know. And I don't have anything against that. Right. But if that's the core piece of your training, the problem with it is in the moment, you'll feel good. But when life smacks you in the face and you have the, either the identity that says I'm a loser or you have patterns that work against you, those statements are not strong enough to make the shift so it won't sustain. And that to me is the true test. Like you said, does it sustain? Let's check six months later, a year later. Is that change still in place? That to me is the mark of someone that knows what they're doing versus someone that's more surface level. And it's easy to do the surface level. That's why there's so many coaches out there because you can do the surface level and they feel good in the moment. Mm -hmm. and they'll come away from the call and go, that was an amazing call, but they really didn't make a lot of change in that individual. Right. Right. So, <laughs> and you talked about um, before um, 
clients that you want to work with, right? Mm -hmm. And even though I, I fired my employee, and I've unfortunately had to fire many um, because they were not doing what they needed to do. Um, if if they came for, to do a job and they didn't do it, then, you know, that's their own thing. But I've also had to fire clients because they didn't do what they oh, absolutely. said they had to do. So, yeah. <laughs> and I think that the, the interview process is, is probably the most important because it, it helps you decide if this is the right client for me. Yes. Or am I the right person for you? Maybe I'm not. I'm probably yes. not the person you're looking for. And we're going we're gonna to bang heads the whole time. And you're not going to get the service you need because you're not allowing me or I'm not, I'm not good enough for you, you know? So I, I love that. And I know that um, when I worked for Robbins is I didn't have any control of who they assigned me. Now, the good news was they knew my profile. They knew who I liked to work with and whatever. And they tried to do their best to match it up. So overall they did a fairly good job. Nice. But there were clients that I got that there's no way if it was my private client, I would have ever hired them or brought them on as a client. And um, the only advantage of being in that situation, though, is it, it grew my skill set because even those clients, I found a way to work with and I got more skilled. Yet now where I'm at today that I have control of who I bring in, I will not bring in because those clients require a tremendous amount of more effort and work. And it's like, even if you pay me triple the amount, I probably not going to work with them because it, um, it, they're just not ready. <laughs> they're just not, or they're not coachable or whatever the word you want to use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Coachable. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. the big one, right? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people want, but they can't handle it or they're not willing yeah. to do the work. Yeah. You know, they don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear sugar coatings, <laughs> sweet yeah. nothings in their ear. <laughs> and then as you do all the work and they magically transform. <laughs> right, right. Work your magic on me. Right. Raphael, can you work your magic on and transform me? Sure. And I don't have to do anything. Yeah. You know, I, I take people and I transform them, even like little kids, and I make them better at a skill. Right. And to me, to get to the end of that skill, there's stages that we have to go through. So yeah. understanding a skill, once you get to know a skill, you need to be able to break it back down. Almost like a chef can tell you exactly what's everything in it. But if you miss that one component, is it still going to taste the same? Right. No. Probably not. Well, and it's, it's fascinating because. Um, I'm just going to share with you is I think why I know you're a great coach is that one where I talked about you, you're open to hear other people's input and, and you're, and you've got that humility that I think is required to be a great coach. The other part that I'm going to geek a little bit on spiral dynamics. Um, it's a technology about thinking systems and at level four, they call it order of absolute. And it just basically means that in that thinking system that you believe that there are certain rules you need to follow, there's a structure that you have to in place, like in business, you need certain systems and things. What I find is in business owners that have a low four, their business is not sustainable. And, and they're all, you know, they're, they're great about generating 
in revenue, but they're not good about running the company and then they overspend their money and whatever. But, but with you, because I know your background in martial arts and you've got like a 50 degree black belt or whatever the heck it is, <laughs> it, it tells me that you have a strong floor. And, and, but the same applies to a coach. You have to have certain disciplines that you're using both in, like in this case, your students, or if it's your clients, you have to have a certain discipline that you're using, a structure to work around that it's a system that you know works. Now you might have to adapt and whatever, but I find, you know, great coaches have four in them. They, they're just not off the top of their head and whatever shows up, shows up. Yeah. Yeah. It's that discipline, right? It is. There's a discipline and it's, it starts with self-discipline. If you can't discipline yourself, how are you going to get someone else to discipline themselves? Right. And I like what I tell everyone is you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no question. Yeah. Talking about discipline, I want to get into Navy SEALs. Oh, yes. I love this. (laughs) Talk to me about that. That's amazing. So uh, I'll try. Keep me short because I can go on and on about it. Is I had a um, a boss, uh, our coaching director at Robbins was a former Navy SEAL, and he put a challenge out that to the coaches. He said, "We're going to do this event called Kokoro that replicates Navy SEAL Hell Week." And so, twenty coaches signed up for it. And when we get to the event, it took like about nine months of training to get ready for the event. Mm. It's a brutal event. It goes over three days. You don't sleep. You barely eat. You go the whole time. They're pushing you the whole time. And only five coaches ended up because a bunch of people got injured and knocked out. And so I made it. And so the SEALs told me, um, because I was in my 60s, they go, we don't want you to do it because we're fearful that you're going to freaking kill yourself. I mean, uh, it's a really intense thing. You could have a heart attack or you got to do this. I said, no, I'm going to do it. And then they finally agreed to let me do it. But they said, look, um, if you can make it 24 hours, consider it a victory. And I ended up completing the event and it was totally awesome. And it was, you know, but then it's both though. I had to do the physical, it's, it's both. It's not like just mindset. You had to be physically able to do things. Like you had to run 10 miles at an eight minute clip. Mm an average at over 10 miles. So I can't come in there and can't run one mile. Right. I couldn't have made it through. But it's also the mental part. And what was amazing to me is half this class, and the most of these people were age 30 or younger, didn't make it through. And as we we're going through the event, I started hearing their mindset. And I knew that person's not going to make it. And they're focused on, where their focus goes, energy flows. We just had, um, they have a thing called the Murph, and it's like, you know, it's really a tough, growing little event. And then the next thing we've got is something else that's going to be tougher. And they're already thinking about, oh my God, now I've got to do the Murph, now I've got to do this, got to do that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they started compounding the complexity and the, the pain that they were going to experience, they would drop out. Mm-hmm. And so all I, all I did was focus on, <laughs> I, I smiled through the whole event and go, all I got to do is make it through this 20 minute piece. <laughs> and celebrate yes <laughs> we'll do that they go to the next one celebrate <laughs> it was just i actually it was tough i mean at the end i was completely wiped out and beat up and whatever but it was a great experience of challenging yourself against all odds <laughs> yeah yeah you, you 
it had to be grueling without a doubt. It was. Talk to me. And you talked about how everyone else was in their mindset. You kind of saw their mindset. They probably spoke some words, which yes. were self-defeating, right? Yes. Yeah. So those yes. self-defeating words are like, oh, no, I got this. other. That right there is a self-defeating. It's like, I all oh, know I have this other thing. They've already said no, right? <laughs> they said no to themselves. So they start shutting themselves down to the possibility of being successful. But you celebrate it. Yeah. And you go, victory. Yeah. Yes, victory is mine. Victory. <laughs> That's it. And to me, that is, is, is how we can be successful at anything, whether it's business, you know, any enduring thing, even, even tragedy, because we're faced with the possibility of death every day, whether you know it or not, right? We can die. We don't know how many minutes we have left. That's we? right. You're not guaranteed it. Yeah. We don't know. Wouldn't it be cool if we did? It's like, yeah, yeah. I have this much time. Let me go do this. I'm going to get myself. I'm going to get into gear here, man. I only got X amount left. <laughs> right. But what if your actions today added minutes? Oh, I love that. Mm. Oh, I love this concept. Speak, please expand on that concept. <laughs> sure. So everything I do today is going to make my tomorrows better. It's going yep. to enlighten me. The way I eat my food when I eat my food, when I exercise, who I communicate with, the books I read, the things I allow in my brain. What I do today is going to allow my tomorrows to be better. And how many more tomorrows can I have by the actions I do today? Now, if I sit on the couch, sit down, watch TV, hang out, go get a bunch of beers with my friends and do all that, those actions are going to have an effect as well. So which one do I want? Well, I, I read a quote the other day that's saying that, I love this quote, I'm paraphrasing it, but basically it says, my future self thanks my present self for taking the actions now. Right. <laughs> and, so, and so I do, I think a lot about, you know, where this, and uh, I definitely have a daily planner where I connect to where I want to be in the future and all that. And, but there's one thing I want to go back to the ACL thing that I think is applicable to both that event and business is one of the factors that help my mindset that also applies in business is during that nine months of training, not only was I training physically, I was training mentally. And every day I connected to what it meant to me of completing the event. And I saw myself completing the event mm. is I saw the celebration. I knew there were certain things I tied to it because I had so many, the neighborhood I was living in, it was a bunch of 40 year olds and they were complaining about their health and uh, God, you talk to me, you, you think they're a hundred years old. And I wanted to be an example of what's possible that you don't age, you know, you know, if the right mindset, it's not a big issue. And I, I constantly fed that. And I see the same in business is someone can get the vision of what they want and stay associated to it consistently, mm. you know, then they're going to get that outcome. But if um, they take this big goal, but don't connect to a, that compelling reason, then when they hit the obstacles, it's so easy to stop and, and, and go to the next thing. That's easy. Yeah, that is easy. Let's go back to that training, right? Mm -hmm. Nine months, 
to prepare for three days. Yeah. How did it start? As far as the training? Yes. Well, how was day one like? You know, it, um, day one was when I got a book that uh, the, Navy, the company that does this called Seal Fit. It's run by a bunch of seals. And I got the book of like some of the training that needed to be done. And I looked at the book day one and it was overwhelming and some of the stuff I couldn't do. And it was asking like, you know, on, you know, on these, um, when you go in the rings to be able to do the rings where you're out like this and there's no way I could do that. And so I was overwhelming initially. And, and then there was new things I hadn't done before that my body was sore and ached and whatever. So the beginning wasn't great. but like everything, like you probably do, I started breaking it down and then I started hiring the right coaches because for that event, I hired a number of coaches for different areas right. and and started getting a plan and start just implementing. And so, yeah, so the first day wasn't a great day, <laughs> but it got better over time. Yeah. I, I love the way you, your mind works because mm-hmm. you said, if I need to accomplish this, I can't do it by my. You didn't. You didn't oh, do that thing. No, by I, I would never have done it by myself. You did no way. not. No. You you got the right team, right? Yes. You got the winning team. That's I got it. the winning team. But you were the you were the you were the coach. You you got the right team put together in order for you to be successful to have that celebration. Many. Yes. Many celebrations. I'm yes. sure. Yes. But a lot of people quit day one. Yes. Why? You know, I think they get hooked by the mind. If you could stay in the mind, the mind is always going to give you the worst answer and be very negative. And there's secrets to get out of the mind. But they start focusing on all the problems and, and their mind. That's what the mind will do. It'll start saying, oh, my God, I got to learn how to do the rings. Now I got to learn how to do... Um, survive in the surf and where they take you to hypothermia. I've now got to run 10 miles at an eight minute pace. Now I got to do, you know, burpees and I got to do this, got to do that. And you start stacking Mm. and, and before you know it, you quit because it's overwhelming and your doubt goes way up. I can't do this. Why even attempt it? You're done. You're done. Doubt. 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 Doubt's a killer, isn't it? Doubt and overwhelm. Yes. Down overall. <laughs> so. But you know, and uh, I don't want anybody who loves animals to think that I'm being cruel, but how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it's so true. We've all heard that metaphor, but it's true. Every day I post on LinkedIn and I post on Facebook. I do. I started this year. I've always posted, but I, I got really diligent on posting every single day. And I, I started with January 1st, which was a Saturday. And I said, I'm going to do it for seven days and then I'm going to do the next seven days. So I think today's day 84. Um, Good job. By the time this episode airs, it'll be day whatever. But so I went from three minute workout next day, all the way to seven, all the way from three minutes, all the way to nine minutes. And I restart every Saturday. Every Saturday is another three minutes. Every Sunday is a four. And so the reason I did that is because I want to empower people to understand that they don't have to jump in all at once. 
You got it. They can do little bits. They can start with the three minutes. Then they can go to four. Then they can go to five. And if eight is too much, go back to the three. Go back to the six. Go back to what you can handle. Because if you understand your limits, then you'll know how to go beyond them. Yeah. If you don't know your limits, you'll crack. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's uh, it's fundamental in making change. It's fundamental, and I keep coming back. I I'm I'm listening part as a coach of what you're saying, and um, I will say you and what you're talking about LinkedIn and, and these exercises you do. You have a compelling vision. That's one, and you I, I keep going back. I call it your level four is impeccable. And it's key to sustain success that you you develop these rituals. And my guess is, um, what do you? Here's my question for you: yeah. Is when you do those rituals, what do you link to those rituals that you spend three minutes a day or four minutes a day? What what do you link to those rituals? Empowerment. That's it. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I, and I'm when empowering you start myself. Empowerment, how so? I'm empowering myself. And I'm empowering anyone who is willing to watch. Yes. See, you <laughs> link the emotion to the ritual every day. Yeah. You go, oh, that's, that's when I was doing the Navy SEAL training. I linked it every day. It's I'm going to be an example. I'm going to be an example that man, past 40 is not the end of your physical life. <laughs> you can do so much more. Every day I connect. I smile. I go, yeah. I'm gonna... yeah. I would... the, the mental attitude. I get the training, right? You trained for it. Now comes the day yep. of training for it. You've trained nine months. Now comes the day to really do it, yeah. to really put yourself out there, not only physically, but mentally. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? You needed to connect the mind to the body. Yes. Because as much as the body's a machine, it's not a robot. You're right. It's the mind that controls the body. It tells it keep going or it tells it to stop. Yeah. So that connection. Talk to us about that connection that you made that day. Day one. Yeah. It, um, the biggest thing I remember of that day is Mark Devine, who's a Navy SEAL, who runs SEAL Fit. He lined us up in these rows and he'd come and talk to each one of us. He goes, why are you here? And I remember he had these sunglasses on, and he's like about six five. Mm. He's this badass dude, and part of it, he's trying to like see where you are emotionally. And mm-hmm. he asked me why I'm here, and he goes, first, he says, well, I said, he says, you got some balls to take this on at this age. And he goes, but then he was the one that told me. He said, based on what I see, how you know your physical size, your shape, you'll probably make it. Consider it a victory at 20, 24 hours. You can make it twenty four hours. Considered a victory. So, but that right after that, they they get you right in the event and start it. And um, I think all the training, all the training that I did supported melding the mind with the body because I had definitely done the physical work and and along the way, especially days I didn't want to do the training, is I condition my mind every day, like you're doing. I, I link something empowering to it. Mm. And that, that, that doesn't mean every day I can perform at the same level. Is, and, and there was uh, 
I, based on my coaches, they said there'd be weeks that I would take a more off week to let my body recover. But even on the times when I was intensely training, I was okay if I couldn't meet my standard that I'd been hitting all week and I just had an off day and I didn't let it buy. So all along, I'm conditioning my mind with my mindset, like, like as opposed to, oh my God, I'm, I'm degrading in my performance. I'm like, ah, it's just um, one day. Let's, let's see what we do next tomorrow. And, right. and then I say, I know where I'm at right now is I, yesterday I was about a nine on this thing. And right now I'm about a six. Let me just see if I could get it to a seven. Let me see if I can push myself to get to a seven and I'll be happy with that. So, so I've been doing a lot of the mind and physical together. So when I got to the event, I think it all was, I was ready to do it. It just, I didn't have to think about it. It just, it just did it. Yeah. Just, just show me what I need to do. And I got you. <laughs> yep. And I do have one funny story. Go for it. Is one of the coaches that made it to the event. He was the youngest of our coaches and he was like 30 years old. And we were doing these like uh, weekly calls with all the coaches that were doing the training. And this young guy kept saying, he goes, this is all about mindset. And as he's talking about it, I never heard him talk about his training, physical training. Hmm. It's all about mindset. Um, They hit you with the hardest part of the event in those first couple of hours. And because they want to put the fear of God in you that, oh, my God, it's going to be like this the whole time. He lasted two hours. Really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> lasted two hours the youngest of our group mm. lasted two hours and so yeah it, it was both yeah, yeah physical and mental yeah you can't you, you can say I, i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it but if your body is not prepared for it your body will not do it and yeah but at least he lasted two hours gotta give him credit that's right i give him credit for that <laughs> i give him credit but i saw him and, and when we were doing all the uh, different things they had us do and i'm like oh this guy's in trouble. Mm. <laughs> he was struggling physically. Yeah. 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 You definitely have to connect both. You know, one of the things that I get a lot of people saying to me is that before they come to my class, they want to get in shape. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get you in shape. That's, that's the per- You come to my class. I'm going to get you in shape. Don't wait. Yes. Because then you. it's also the other biggest thing that a lot of even businesses is that procrastination. Should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, so it's, you, you got to put everything down, I think, in, in paper, write it down and analyze, right? And this is where your expertise comes in because you help them understand that. Talk to us about that. Well, one thing I was going to say is your equivalent of having someone say, let me get in shape first before I start with you. I've had clients tell me is, or a new prospect, Right now, their business is a total mess. And they go, well, let me get my mindset straight first. And then when I get that all, or get all the clarity I need, let me come in and then work with you. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this is where we can accelerate it really quick. You don't have to go through. And, and there's blind spots you're going to have that you're not going to see. Let's get you started now. And why wait? Because the, the truth will be, and you know this, that person will never come into coaching because they're going to stay stuck in their patterns and the time will never be right for them. Yeah. That's it. Never is going to be right. Yeah. It never is. They're never going to get in shape and then they'll never take your course and never get the advantage of what you offer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very interesting because, you know, I also have a wood shop, right? So I build things. I, I love creating. And anytime before I build, like I, ju- I just finished building some cabinets. 
for myself, you know, for my, for my pro shop in my martial arts school. And I had the vision before I drew it out. Once I drew it out, then I knew how to build it. So it's that planning, right? It's, it's that, yes, that first cut I have to make is going to lead to beautiful cabinets. It's going to lead to, once I build the cabinets, then I got to either stain them, paint them. I got to do the finishing aspects of it. Then I have to make sure they fit properly. So everything, all the planning has to go in. And yes. for us to be able to plan that, we should plan our days. The same way I just explained about building cabinets. Yes. Because if I don't schedule myself, someone else is going to try to, you know, take that, my valuable time, my minutes. You can't have my minutes. <laughs> it, you know, and I, again, I, I see you're on the fast track. I was on the <laughs> it. I knew intellectually uh, because I've worked with a lot, I've worked with a lot of super successful business owners. And what I see with them, and I can think of one guy, he has like one of the largest financial groups in the Southeast. He plans his time and very conscious of time. I mean, he, he's on that same mindset that I only got so many minutes and I want to invest them in the most. Like, so I've known all this all along. Mm. And for me, it's been my weakest piece because it's an important piece of how you think about time and how you manage your time. And it's only been recently is and i use different systems and wouldn't stay with them and i i recently ran across a system by a guy named um, donald miller he has a company called story brand and he has a planner that's 99 dollars a year and i've started using it and i've used this since the beginning of the year so long as i've stayed with it but i actually enjoy it mm. and i enjoy planning my time and deciding three outcomes i'm going to achieve for the day and then I have other things where I track, you know, there's certain rituals that I track to make sure and I check it off and it's in the calendar and it shows you how many, what's your streak. And I get excited. Okay. Like you, you know, it's like, I've done this each day. And I, I think it's so valuable because you're, you're deciding what you want your life to be about by how you plan your time. And it has in there your visions and things like that as well. And it even has a part for your eulogy about who you want to be or how you want to be remembered and whatever. And you connected those things every day. So you're really conscious about how you use time. And, and that I, I find is another critical aspect of an area that you need to really master if you want the most, most from your life. And you're, again, you're well ahead of me. <laughs> how, long, how long have you been planning? Like, like you've just talked about my life. <laughs> oh my God. Why did I meet you earlier? Why did you kick my butt? <laughs> well, here's, here's the whole thing, right? Um, you know, I went through a lot of adversity as a child. So I had to really step away and look at my life at a very early age. Um, you know, at the age of 10, my life totally went upside down. And, you know, I was on the streets by myself. And eventually, you know, my sister took me in. And she saved my life, I would say. Mm. But at the age of 18, I realized what I needed to do with my life and how wow. I needed to, to lead Impressive. it. And, you know, from the age of 10, actually, I even started, that's when I started martial arts. But planning and understanding and, and the physical aspects of what I do, 
I've been doing it my whole life. I have always moved. So for me, movement is everything. I've, I've, I've been that there, yeah, very early, yes. Yeah. Movement is everything. I'm same way. And it's, it's very interesting when you look at someone who would rather not move and how their life is. Because it's complain, my life is no good, I don't get yep. a good job, I don't do this, I don't do that. But it's the people who are movers and shakers who really make a difference in the world. And those are the people that I follow. I've always want, I always, I don't want to be another person. I want to have their attributes, yes. But I don't want to yes. be this person, yes. I'm me. You know, yes. I'm the best yes. person that I know. Yep. So yes. I want to, yes, if you have great attributes, I'm going to copy some of them. Absolutely. But not everything, because yep. not everything vibes. So it's, it's those yep. vibes that I'm looking for. So I've always known that I've wanted to change the world. And always, you know, yep. like everybody says, you can't do that. You're nobody. You're nothing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's okay. Maybe I am nothing to you, but I'm going to be something or someone to someone else. To even one per if I change one person, I'm good. I did my job. I, I, I love so speaking with you. It's so cool. I mean, you, uh, I could speak with you. After Let's the call, do it. Speak We're friends forever so, now. <laughs> but here's, here's one, uh, one of the, in my rituals in the morning. And one of the things that I say, and I don't care what denomination you are religiously, it doesn't matter to me, but is I say every morning, I, um, God's greatness and magnificence is a foundational part of my being, my essence. It's the genesis of how I came to be. And I will not let the outside world, my ego or my imperfect identity diminish the, you know, the magnificence of that essence. And I think about that a lot. There's a lot tied into that statement. I put a lot of thought into it. Oh, yeah. But it's like it, you know, it, I do believe that there and i and i hate to be so um i don't know pollyannish but i do believe this that everyone has that magnificence in them and i do believe that any person i work with i believe that and and you don't need to be a carbon copy of everybody else it's finding that in you and that's what i mean when i say i don't want my ego comparing myself to somebody that i'm not and then do, you know, degrading the, the magnificence that's here, me, it's different. It's different, but you got to find it and, and, and grow it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that statement. Wow, that is yeah. super powerful. I mean, from what I'm gathering there is you, you're saying, I don't allow anyone to take my power away. Absolutely. Especially me. Yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, I don't even allow myself to take my power away. Yes. You know, I always, I always joke around and I said, listen, if you ever see my ego, please punch it in the face. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like I have one. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's so key. It's like uh, it, and what I would say is, and that's what I love. What I do is typically either I call them. I I look at it this way: the identity is made up of a bunch of individual beliefs, and what I like to do is working with that individual is 
expand them more so they live into their magnificence. And typically what limits it is certain beliefs they hold that create an identity that limits them. Mm. And so you start taking away certain beliefs and installing a new, more empowering belief that lets them grow into who they're supposed to be. Um, they can do just incredible things. And, um, and then the only thing that you see, though, is that for most people is they go through life with a limited identity and they don't even scratch the surface of what they're capable of doing and wasting those minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasting those minutes. You know, it's it's that old saying that people say in, in the cemetery, there's so much potential that died, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to get every ounce, every ounce I can pull out of myself. <laughs> I wasted some years, wasted some minutes, but that's okay. It's, it's fueled my desire to help people more because I want other people not to waste minutes. <laughs> so, you know, you and I, I, I think we work nine days a week. Right. While everyone else is working five, they work Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they take off. The other day I, I was doing an event on Sunday and uh, someone said to me, Sunday, what are you doing working on Sunday? I said, I wasn't working. Absolutely. I was having fun. I was having f- yes! fun. I was enjoying myself. I was empowering other people. I was sharing what I, the little knowledge that I have with someone and that brought me joy absolutely yeah Yeah, i i see it the same way it's like um when you love what you do it's not like you're working (laughs) it's like i'm constantly reading stuff learning stuff implementing stuff and uh oh it's you you love what you do yeah i always say when i grow up i'm gonna get a job i promise that's right (laughs) (laughs) It it makes a huge difference a huge difference. Yeah. But I also like what you're saying about movement is this is where we're in alignment. This is where I wasn't on the slow path. All my life I've moved and, you know, um, I've run all my life. I still run. I still lift weights, still do, all, you know, all those different things. And I actually would say, it, even when you work with a coach, I think that if I'm hiring a coach, I want to make sure they're moving, they're, they're practicing it. Because what I find is you have more energy to bring uh, to sometimes when you're breaking patterns, it takes a lot of energy and I don't want to be shortchange someone because I'm not doing the work mm-hmm. to help them. Yeah. That's like, that's like sacrilegious to me. It's like, no. And so I get rather, so typically I've coached a lot of coaches and, but I, I think I'm deciding I'm not coaching anymore because I'm brutal on me because they're doing these things. I go, are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> I can't believe you're just doing this for the paycheck. Are you just yeah. like doing it halfway? Yeah. And that's usually, to be honest, uh, to me, I, I believe that when you do it just for the paycheck, you won't get rich. You won't get rich. Yeah, absolutely. When you do it for the love, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Well, and, and for those people, you, you, you got to say, you got to find another career. Mm. So this is not, not your work you. cut out to do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think McDonald's is hiring. <laughs> yeah, McDonald's is hiring. You know, you'll be a good fry flipper or whatever, burger flipper, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting because who would you rather fix your car? A guy who just read the book or a guy who's done a thousand of them? Whether it's yes. change your brakes or yes. change your oil or whatever. The guy who just looked yes. it up, you know, so it's, it's that same mentality, right? I yep. want somebody who is 
like you, been in the trenches. Mm. Listen, I'm encouraging all my audience to reach out to you because you oh. obviously are a coach who is in the trenches. Not only yep. that, man, you train with the Navy SEALs. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome stuff. I so appreciate you having me on. Uh, I've gotten a lot from this call today listening to you. It's like, I, I know you're amazing what you do because you're checking all the boxes what I'm listening for. What I'm looking for is someone that delivers. You've got it, Ed. And so thank you so that. much for having me on. Uh, are you kidding me? I'm the one that's honored here. <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. And I, you know, we're going to be friends forever. That's for sure. Yes. You know? Yes. I'm new when it comes to the Bible. Right. So I'm restarting. I picked up the Bible again. I'm starting to understand things. I actually have two Bibles because I'm doing the King James and the other one. Oh, my God. Have oh, an so I can get the amplified. So it explains things. So, yeah, I'm a newbie. But it doesn't mean that I'm not. I'm a white belt. Right. When it comes to certain things. And yeah. I'm OK to say that. Whether yeah. it's the Bible or a new skill, I'm okay to be a Bible. I mean, a, a Bible. I'm okay to be a, a white <laughs> you belt. You can be that too. Right. Yeah. I'm okay to be a white belt. Because yeah. for me, always being a student is what inspires me, what motivates yeah. me, what gets me going. And yeah. there's the knowledge that I seek. I am that sponge, right? And so yeah. are you. I can see that in you. It's hey, I'm a white belt on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you again. Today was amazing. I really appreciate you. No, I really, I've loved it. And uh, yeah, we've, we've got to talk more, <laughs> see more about what you do. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Have an amazing day. Same with you. Okay. And everyone else have an amazing day as well. An yes. amazing weekend. Yes. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you and I really appreciate your help.